In the name of the loving, life-giving, and liberating God, who is Blessed Trinity. Amen. Please be seated. Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. We have come from the deep shadows of death into the light of resurrection. God has journeyed with us from the beginning to invite all into communion with God, to draw us from death into life. And yet, this year in the lectionary feels like a strange one, as it always seems to with Mark. Um, we actually have a shorter ending of Mark than in all of the other Gospels. And it lacks the familiar joy that we're used to witnessing. You heard today a final sentence read at the end, but Mark actually ends with, they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. And that is considered the true ending of Mark. We know from the other Gospels, of course, that the women were the first to see the risen Jesus. But in Mark, all we hear is that the angels say that Jesus is risen. We don't actually see him raised. We know also that, um, that Jesus or told the women to tell them to go ahead to Galilee. But here the women stay silent in fear. You may have, uh, so, so why did Mark end his gospel with good news silenced by fear? Mark wrote his gospel to a fledgling church, a church as described in Acts had, that had taken on an entirely new way of life, a way of life that stood out and marked them as different from the people around them. They wouldn't kneel before the images of Caesar or attend the holidays that celebrated the nation and the various gods who watched over Rome. They became a close-knit family to each other and shared everything they had in common. They became, in many ways, a community set apart. And that put them at odds with society around them and with the government. It made them a little strange and mysterious, and it led to early Christians being persecuted and killed because they were different, because their way of life acknowledged a power greater than the state. So when we come to the end of Mark, we come to these early Christians' lived reality. In light of how Christians were being persecuted and killed for not adhering to an expected way of life, the easiest thing was to say nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. So by ending his gospel in this way, Mark is inviting the Christians into a boldness of life. This ending would have felt as unsatisfying to them as it does to us as is illustrated by the extra endings that we often append to Mark. This, uh, and so by creating the picture in their minds of what life would have been like had the women not taken hold of the hope and new life of resurrection, it causes these early Christians to also think about how that same hope had taken root in their own lives and caused changes that had made them into new people. 
This unsatisfying ending also asks us to reflect on our own lives in this season of pandemic. Many of us have felt like we've been living in an extended period of Lent ever since the initial shutdown occurred partway through Lent last year. It was like we didn't have the strength to take hold of our Easter hope when it came to us last year, which is perfectly understandable. We were reeling from a sudden and intense change to all aspects of our lives. But this year, Mark challenges us to take up the hope of a God whose answer to death is life, whose answer to suffering is renewal, whose answer to fear is a sure and certain presence. God did not overcome death by avoiding it, but by not playing by the rules that death had set out for us. Jesus counted grace, even grace given to those leaders who wished to kill him, to be the highest priority, continuing to give grace even when it cost him his life. Jesus did not give in to our sins of answering violence with violence, of giving back as good as we get. Jesus plays quite outside the lines of fairness, choosing love and mercy again and again in answer to our fear and struggling and hate. This does not mean that we don't act with wisdom in the face of death, that we throw all caution to the wind, Living without fear does not mean that we never change in the face of our certain circumstances, that we act as if we're untouchable. We still work to preserve the lives of those around us. We work to better their lives, just as Jesus did with every person that he met. But it does mean that we know that love has already won. And we act in love with the confidence of those who already know the outcome, despite any signs to the contrary. Love is stronger than death. Our sins that cause us to be a culture of violence and oppression and death cannot withstand the abundant grace of God, which does not overpower, but which can never be defeated because God will choose again and again and again to invite us into God's grace and love. God's power lies in God's agency to choose, to give grace and love despite what fairness might demand, despite how many times we choose our violence over grace. And this is where our power lies as well. God invites continually and demonstrates in the person of Jesus that life cannot be swallowed up by death, that love cannot be overthrown by violence. So this Easter, let's take up our hope, the hope of resurrection, the hope of all things made new. In the midst of this pandemic, let's prove that love conquers fear and hope conquers hate. Let us act in wisdom and truth, knowing that love, though the world may count it weak, is the strongest force in the universe. Because no one can take love from us 
unless we decide to stop giving it. No action can prevail against love because the choice to give love is our own. We can move into the same spirit of invitation that God extended to us. Today we celebrate that life has triumphed over death, that love has triumphed over violence. Though we meant our God harm, God overturned our harm, changing death into life and inviting us to love. Let us also invite others into the grace and love that God has extended to us. Let us give grace and mercy when the world around us, or even our own common sense, tells us that someone deserves their lot in life. Let us give love to the least among us, the ones downtrodden in society. Let us stand on the side of the oppressed and proclaim that God is a God of love and life, not violence and death. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Let us live the life of love, grace, and mercy shown to us by Jesus and take hold of our resurrection hope, knowing that we are all God's children and all have been invited into the grace and love of God. Amen.